0: History 101.
1: What's up, everybody, and welcome to Gaming History 101, the Retro Video Games Podcast. I am one of your hosts. My name is Fred Rojas, and joining me today from the Green Hill Zone is my partner in crime, none other than Mr. Jamalias. How you doing, sir? I'm doing very good, Fred. Um, all I can think of
0: here is that there is a lot of rings around here, running rings, rings around. <laughs> yes. Not a, not, a,
1: not a Tales you can trust, but there are lots of rings. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'll get into that when we talk about it. But yes, <laughs> tonight's episode is the first of uh, probably quite a few uh, rehashes we plan to do over the course of the next probably year or two, um, which is a rehash episode. So we're going to take an old topic and revisit it. So uh, And this time revisit it with you, because you weren't around yeah. for some of the juiciest topics, the easiest topics, <laughs> the most fun topics, the ones everybody knows about uh such as, sonic. Yeah, such as tonight yeah such as <laughs> tonight's sonic the hedgehog right yes um so sonic <clears throat> so uh for those who who have not heard it uh you can go check it out over at gaming history 101 uh in the archive in the podcast archive but we did a uh a two-parter let me check uh here what episode numbers and seasons those were um there we go episode 47 and episode 49, first one was called Blast Processing, the Story of Sonic Part 1, and the next one was called Extreme, the Story of Sonic Part 2. There was a uh, tribute episode to the death of Ryan Davis, so if you want to date this, there you go, uh, in between mm. those, that hit when that was all going on, uh, which places that in 2013. So season two, if you will. Um, but uh, but yeah, and I had Allie and Andy, uh, the... Uh, the two crazies from uh, forty-two level one on, massive Sonic mm-hmm. fans, as I'm sure you're aware. Um, and it was. Yeah, got to watch what we say tonight. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> well, and it was very. It was very. Um, it was very fact based. I was. I listened mm. to those podcasts uh, over the last couple of days, and it's extremely fact based. We. I think most of our stuff is accurate. I, I told Jam it seemed ninety percent accurate. Um, but you're just getting hit with a lot of information on the history mm. of Sonic. Um, and then every now and again, Ali and Andy will come in to tell you they're the greatest games of all times. Um, and it actually made me go on the defensive a little too much, I would say, towards Sonic uh, in, in almost not a negative light, but like a, like a devil's advocate almost. Mm. Um, and so I thought that this would be a good opportunity for us to come back and look at Sonic in a different way. And, and what I would consider a much more balanced way with you and me. Because I think you and I do have that delicate balance of being hardcore Sega slash Sonic fans. But uh, we probably get a lot of crap for being negative towards Sonic. But I think that's because I don't know how Sonic really does in the best thing. You know, I hate to say it, but, and you can tell me, but outside of the first two, maybe three games, Sonic doesn't really hold up. I regrettably agree with that,
0: unfortunately. <laughs> but for me with Sonic, I mean, a uh, quick quick with me, obviously obviously I'm in case you didn't know from all the previous podcasts, I'm from the UK. <laughs> so obviously Sonic is a big <laughs> deal over here. Um, so but for me I, I'm hugely nostalgic for Sonic. It was one of the sort of first sort of mascot animal like characters after the microcomputer era for me. So obviously, I had an Amstrad first, and it, it was straight onto the Mega Drive. And then one of the first games, of course, was Sonic the Hedgehog for me. So it was a big deal. Um, and I've always been kind of a fan of Sonic, gradually from you know, Sonic to Sonic 2, to we'll get to the later games later. And even like, say, up to the Dreamcast, I always had a Sonic game locked into that Sega console. So in fact, every Sega console we've ever have ever had probably would have had a Sonic game on it.
1: Um, well, yeah, and, and so. actually, I, I will say, like you, I uh, I'm, I'm v- I very much do like Sonic. So I apologize if we ever gave you the impression like where he's not on the top 10. And maybe in hindsight, Sonic hmm. needed to be on the top 10. I don't know. Um, but uh, I, that's the problem, though, with Sega fans, is you're either one or the other. You're either this diehard balls to the wall, Sonic can do no wrong fan from the Genesis Mega Drive era, or Mm. you're kind of like, I don't know what to call it. When you start branching out and your fanboyism washes away and you're no longer considered a Sega household, you kind of like feel guilty putting him up on a pedestal. Um, So I think people will be happy to know, and we kind of talked about this before the show, uh, Sonic was a fucking icon, I'm gonna say that oh, yeah. right now. Yes, yes. Um, there is it is it is unmistakable. I would say that during this time period, and we'll talk about this in a minute, uh, of the early '90s when Sonic hits, he is definitely more iconic than Mario, um, and he was uh, he was more for for two very specific years in uh, in America at least. He was he was definitely cooler than Mario. He was more popular than Mario. Um, and he really did have this like mickey mouse status about him um, mm. so that might even seem slightly hyperbolic from a video game standpoint he had this mickey mouse about him he he well, definitely wasn't iconic in pop culture quite to that level but even for better
0: or for worse even today you know i mean when i say better or for worse obviously some will debate the sonic fan base today his sort of legacy is still well known, you know, whether it's through merchandise or through gamut. I mean, I'd say, I, I would debate maybe it's through, more through merchandise these days. Like, he's marketed a lot more than he used to be. Like, yeah, he's on t shirts, he's on baseball caps, he's on everything now, whereas he's not so much in the games. Although we've got those two games that are coming, i, I I've got to get it right. It's this year, not next year, because <laughs> I keep getting. Right, that's changed, yes. Uh, mm.
1: And you're referring to um, uh, Sonic Mania um, and then. Yep. And are you also referring the to the untitled sonic project um, the switch sonic project um that's it yeah well I, I, is it just switch or i thought that
0: was kind of gonna be a multi-platform thing but i thought it's it just like project 2017 yeah yeah, yeah.
1: You, you might be right um and then the big thing with sonic mania of course uh being that uh that jared Cassie's on it uh or is it jared castle maybe it's castle i'm sorry but either way um and uh and it, it's very much a, a harken back to the olden days, down to uh, that special edition that comes with Sonic standing atop a Mega Drive or Genesis, depending on your region. Yeah. Uh, well, I
0: know we, no, we got it too now.
1: <laughs> yeah, you you Brits seem very into that particular version. uh we were very upset that we didn't get it to start oh, is with. Is that what happened? You guys didn't That's get what this happened. version?
0: We didn't get, we didn't get it to begin with. Um, so it was going to only be in, a, it appeared like it's only going to be in America that, mm. that special edition, which has the quite nostalgic advert as well. If people haven't checked that out on YouTube yet, which it's quite sort of yes. retro feeling. Um, there were, definitely from people i know there was a bit of an uproar about that because they were very people love sonic ground here especially the fans and again i don't mean that in a bad way i mean there's good fans and there's bad fans but these are just they're just fans and the fact the fact they did not get this um sonic special edition coming over here they're like
1: what oh and <laughs> right off the like, bat like th- europe would be where this will sell the best Hands it, it down, that, I, that's what surprised me, because when you I don't know if you remember, Fred,
0: back in the Sonic Generations release, we had an exclusive um, model like special edition over here that that America was importing over there because they wanted oh, it so much,
1: which is, the, is this model, this.
0: which is was, was both in the modern and the old classic Sonic together. It's like this big model, a bit similar to the one that's for the Sonic Mania thing, but mm-hmm. it was crazy popular over here and it it, that if you find that on the if if you can even find on ebay it goes for a very pretty penny i've never seen that go cheap anywhere (laughs) looking
1: it up now um
0: but yeah no so
1: oh sorry I was going to say, I, only, I know only
0: one person that had it for his 360, and it's one of those. He used to say, well, I think he, still, he would still say it to this day. It's like, this is the one item that will never leave my game. The Sonic
1: Generations <laughs> Collector's Edition is sitting on eBay right now. It's still new, but he opened the seal and pulled it out so you could see that the figure wasn't damaged. Um, yeah. So the figure is actually in, like, bubble wrap. Here, I can screw it. I'll just. Uh, I'll shoot you the uh, the link, and of course it's selling in, from the UK, but he'll ship it over here. Um, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's two hundred bucks. Yep, that sounds about right. Yeah, and it's it's clearly open, so it's not even brand new. If this was sealed, I think he knows he would get more. But and it comes with the iconic ring as well. Mm. So two discs, thirty years of Sonic music and the hi- history of Sonic, birth of an icon. Oh yeah! no! Nah, I oh no! Somebody on YouTube must have posted that, and I'll just get their permission to download it and repost it on our channel, just so that it's in more places. Uh, once he finds out, I don't get, uh, uh, I don't get ad revenue. He'll, they usually let me at that point. Um, <clears throat> also, this game, uh, the, the collector's edition, is a PAL version, but it is region free, meaning it will play on NTSC. Uh, uh, I think the
0: game's download. It's a downloadable game. It's not a um, disc. There's no disc with oh, it. Oh, Generations is downloadable?
1: Uh, it was on a disc it's over here. Better. It was on a disc Oh, no, over no. Here. The the, not
0: the, um, no, the game was. A, I mean, the special edition is what I was referring to. It gives the special you download edition code Wow, he didn't of
1: mention of course, that. someone corrects me. Um, yeah, Who knows? Um, But yeah, so Sonic was huge. And we're going to get into that because Sonic actually uh, was part of a three-tiered system that actually showed Sega for the first time ever in 1990. Well, some would say it was early 92. Uh, No, I think it was holiday 92 was when Sega took 55% market share. um, And that was based off of a study, not for sales, uh, away from Nintendo actually not only mm. came in and competed with Nintendo, where when the Genesis came out in 89, when Tom Kalinsky, I think it's 90, takes over Sega, um, it is 80, uh, 80, 20. I think it was 80% Nintendo, 20% the rest of the industry, and Sega was part of that. And then mm. by the end of it, it was Sega 55, Nintendo like 45, I think. Uh, and then they they considered everybody else just not even part of it, <laughs> as Sony sits there in the corner pouting and making the best console that would come out um but uh but yeah um so so we'll t- we'll talk about this in a minute but uh but yeah, so sonic was was a big deal, and so I think from from this rehash, we should talk about the game a little bit more um and kind of how it stacked up, what we thought of it, and whatnot. Uh, did you get Sonic One right when it came out Pretty much, yeah okay classic white case
0: well ours is 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 a black case yes yeah yeah it's uh, that 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 pretty much says it all of that front cover though with the (laughs) original slumber hedgehog his little finger stance there and that boy did that just that just just didn't he didn't give that up anytime soon (laughs)
1: exactly yeah yeah um excuse me i had to swallow there for a second um but yeah um but, uh, but yeah, so, so yeah, Sonic was very much of the, you know, Bart Simpson era, but people will quickly try to dismiss it all like that, and it really wasn't because yeah. Sega didn't initially push that much marketing behind Sonic uh, outside of it being a video game. Um, That's true.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: You know, like, he yeah, he didn't get whored out until – and for everybody who says Sonic's getting whored out nowadays, well, Mario's starting to give handies underneath the bleachers, oh. so, like –
0: marriage very much I mean, yeah he's he's starting
1: to get hoard out just about as much he's on mobile phones kids um but uh so but sonic. yeah so, well right but everybody said that was like the death of sonic and now yeah, mario's there next to him um so we'll see true, true. but Absolutely. but yeah so uh yeah i think we should just jump right into it so um so the if, Let's just paint a picture for a minute. The year is 1991. Um, the Sega Genesis is making some speed. Tom Kalinske in 1990 takes over Sega of America. Oh, said that. What? Speed. Some oh, speed. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't even mean that. I should have said momentum, but no, the pun works. Um, but yes, Tom Kalinske has taken over Sega of America. And, um, oh, I'm just going to look this up right now so I don't have to man- memorize it. Uh, <clears throat> Come on. Come on. What's your name? Okay, it's Nakayama, but... But whom? Oh, hold on. There we go. Um, okay, so Hayao Nakayama. He is in charge of basically Sega as a whole, but Sega of Japan. And up until this okay. point... um. America, um, like, has always been a back burner to decisions of Japan, shall we say. And Nakayama had this idea that he would go recruit this guy, Tom Kalinske. His background is at Mattel. He made Barbie. Oh, no, he made Barbie popular Mm -hmm. again. I think he created the Cabbage Patch Kids. I think that was Tom Kalinski's claim to fame, but he was known for kind of just like bringing back brands and really speaking to kids and being fearless in the eyes of adversity and Sega, let's face it in America, the master system versus the Nintendo. It was, it was a mess. Um, you guys didn't have many NESs, so it wasn't as big of a problem. Sega could come in nope. <laughs> and say, Hey, we like your region and you guys bought it up. And I think, Europe proves that Sega actually had something going with the Master System. It's just Mm. people were... uh, Nintendo dominated too much, right? Like, there was just nothing... That's right, There was nothing you could do, you know? Many people argue still that the version of Double Dragon, which is very arcade-based on the Master System, is better than the NES version. But, but hey. So you've got Nakayama and Tom Kalinske working together, but Kalinske starts to push things. And Sega of America starts to... (sighs) I guess at first they're allowed to just do their own thing. So the big thing you probably know about jam is, um, <clears throat> in America, Kalinsky was responsible for making that deal with electronic arts, but let's face it. Um, uh, what's his face from, uh, electronic arts. Why am I blanking on everybody's name today? I'm still mm. fried from, <laughs> from the stream, our yeah. live stream. <laughs> well, and that's, that's not true, but uh, like, it's, it's fun to just say it. Um, but here we go, here we go. The founder was Trip Hawkins, there we go. The guy ah, who made the 3DO, yeah. yes. Um I can blanking too. <laughs> So Trip Hawkins, uh, you know, kind of hijacked it. He said, hey, we can reverse engineer Sega carts. Let us make our own, uh, which is better than what Nintendo will let us do, or we're going to just totally screw you guys and uh, release our carts on our own. At least you can get a cut of it. Um, and that's where you get a lot of that push, that Buster Douglas boxing and stuff like that. You know, early Sega Genesis. Uh, ads, and I don't know if the Mega Drive quite pushed it as much in Europe, you tell me, uh, was a very sports and arcade-based console before Sonic came around. Is that? Do you recall ads like that, or no, was that's, everyone kind of... that's pretty much dead on, I think. Definitely arcades.
0: Okay. You know, it's like, this is the arcade console. You don't need
1: to go to those arcades <laughs> anymore. <laughs> like the infamous Genesis does what Nintendo don't, which I mm. think happened before or at the same time as Kalinsky. You know, you're seeing Buster Douglas boxing. You're seeing, I think, Monaco hang on um, one or both of those. Uh, and then you've got Golden Axe and Altered Beast, right? These these notable, yeah, the but, yeah. yeah, these notable, but, you know, and they were, it was varying degrees of success, you know. Um, I think now when we look back at how close the Genesis got, we were more impressed, but we're we're less impressed but or not how close how far they they were from the original we're less impressed but at the time like there was this impression that while it was 200 bucks genesis was basically bringing these arcade games home um For me, I think the biggest problem as a gamer was that Nintendo experiences were different than arcade experiences, and I actually liked that they were. I often had this opinion, whether it was true or not, that they were longer than the arcade experience. Whereas I had beaten Golden Axe because if you took 250 to the arcade, you could beat Golden Axe, you know, just cranking quarters in there. The same was true of Altered Beast. Yes, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, and so that was the fear, was do I get this $200 console and these $40, 50 $60 games um, for something I can beat, you know? And they added lives, which arcade games don't always benefit from... Increasing their difficulty and adding lives. So <laughs> either way, I don't know. But that was kind of the, the, the opinion. And then Sonic comes in because they wanted to take the Genesis. Once they started getting some momentum and America was very heavily involved, Tom Kalinske gets involved with the marketing of worldwide Sega right he's got he's got a a, mm. a seat at the table he he was also very involved with the game gear as well, which I didn't realize um, Game Gear actually had some momentum in America um, and I forget how was the game gear in Europe pretty big I was okay say. you know I, I had a game we well we had a game gear I shared with my brother um, well I was wondering if like if you had a master system did you get a game gear and the answer was probably yes like that's it didn't an interesting deter the question them. actually because.
0: Okay yeah i think I, I i could see the i think some people probably did absolutely because um but i we we i did, we didn't have i didn't have a system until a lot later down the road um but the but yeah but game beer was certainly very popular okay a lot of us, i mean we're going to get onto this later i know but with the whole sort of um sonic sort of impact with mario but you know there was always a war going on with, um, you know, oh, you were cool if you had a Game Gear, but not if you had a Game Boy, because the Game
1: Boy just looks sick. It's just green and ill. Yeah, who cared, color, if it had, who cared if it had more fun games? Um, <laughs> I know, yeah. <laughs> well, but, but to a certain extent, they succeeded in something Nintendo couldn't succeed at, which was making a portable master system. I mean, mm. it is a Master System. It's actually an upgraded Master System brought to it portable with a color screen. Reason. Yeah,
0: You can play Master System games on it with a converter.
1: <laughs> it needed a TV out. That's what it needed. Um, but uh, yeah, you can go one way. You can't go the other. There are certain Game Gear games won't play on a Master System, but all Master System games will play on a Game Gear, uh, provided you have the cartridge slot adapter. Um, and so we enter Sonic. So what has happened is... Um, Sonic comes out in 1991, but he starts getting planned in 1990. And I don't know how accurate this really is, but it seems somewhat accurate. Um, And it sways a little in Sega's favor. So uh, because my source is predominantly um, uh, console wars, which is kind of a melodramatic, doesn't, it goes for dramatic effect, even if it has to sacrifice certain facts or opinions out there. But basically they're claiming that when the, um, So when the SNES is on the rise, you know people get their hands on Super Mario World. Uh, Sega gets an opportunity to play Super Mario World. And this is at the same time they're developing Sonic, which was supposed to be a Mario killer to go straight for Mario uh, on the inevitability that he would be on the new Super Nintendo. And they don't think it's as strong as Sonic is. I find that hard to believe. Um, I find it hard to believe that people who were gamers played Super Mario World it's okay if you thought it was better than if you thought Sonic was better. Oh yeah, but the idea that they would think it's a no brainer, no competition, Mario World was very similar to Mario Three. That's the part I find hard to believe because that's this tale mm-hmm. that is told uh, uh, in in console wars, is yeah, that Kalinsky yeah. and his group of gaming gurus and gaming players, like Kalinsky, had a lot of gamers like in his group. Um, and lots of non-gamers at that same regard got their hands on Mario World they gave it to their their high up gamer guys on their development team and they were like yeah it's no problem it's not it's it's not innovative at all it's it's no big deal <laughs> and i just i cuz to this day Mario World is regarded as one of the best marios um yeah. it's not my favorite but i would be hard pressed to argue with you if you want to argue it's the best mario that's come out you know um it was kind of like when we did the NES Mini
0: rundown. It's hard not to deny Super Mario Bros. Freeze impact, really.
1: Right. Um, uh, and, and maybe that's the case. Maybe Mario 3 is the most innovative, Mario World is the most effective, and my favorite has always been Mario 64. But you know, somewhere in there, that's where, it all, yeah. where, where yeah. my loyalties lie. Um, but I don't know. You tell me, Jim. Did you get a chance to play Mario World when Sonic first came out? No, I didn't get to play Mario World for quite some time,
0: actually. Um, again, because the Super Nintendo just wasn't as widely available in my area. So, gotcha. and the the kid that I knew that had the Super Nintendo, he didn't actually have Mario World, which is surprising, actually. Um, yeah. Yeah. He had Mario All Stars. Yeah, I played Mario All Stars. Um, oh, he probably got the sort
1: of pack in the the yeah, for I a while. The console pack in was was just one, and then they made that dual cart that's like super rare now.
0: Mm it's funny as well thinking about it more is um because we used to I think i've said this before i used to rent the super when you could rent a console rent a super yep. nintendo when i was at my grandparents um and even when we rented we rented a lot of the super nintendo games back then as well we never rented super mario world i'm not even sure if it's available at that renting shop which is interesting
1: well there it's you
0: go thought. It was pretty much a large tile, wasn't
1: it? Even in Europe, I believe. Yeah, it was a pack-in in in America. um, Yeah. Maybe even in Japan. But America was always... We were always the pack-in area. Um, We were always where they would have to... People have always had to bend over backwards for America. And I think that's why we're so damn stubborn nowadays when we find out stuff like people (laughs) still talk oh i can't believe the switch isn't launching with a game in the box and it's like yeah well what did you expect in europe they don't even get fucking chargers with their consoles um but uh (laughs) (laughs) and in japan too like it's not like they're just scolding you guys like that's just the way it is outside of america but um uh but that being said like there's just nothing about it that says if you put mario world next to sonic the Hedgehog. Again, I can see people going both ways, but I have a hard time believing you don't get nervous about your competition in both sides Mm of it. Um... But, uh, but anyway, so Sonic is bred of, um, you know, we could get into, again, you can go back and listen to that other episode if you want to hear the three men that are responsible for kind of creating <laughs> Sonic. Uh, and then the fact that there was an American marketing team that was kind of responsible for taking the Sonic idea as Japan presented it and tweaking it, right? They got rid of mm-hmm. the... The guitar, the the Sid Vicious look to him. Um, they got rid of the fangs, <laughs> the um, the human girlfriend he fucks called named Madonna. Um, Madonna, yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. And they kind of made him into so like Sonic. Yeah, he's he's waving the finger, but he's cute, right? He's a little chubby mm. in the first game. Well, his eyes aren't
0: quite frowny yet. They're 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 open, nice and wide and open. They're a bit not cute. But, yeah, he's, he's, He strikes
1: he's, me as the kid that would be super nice to your mom, but then when the <laughs> back was turned, he'd make, like, lewd gestures or hmm. something. You know what I mean? He's the cool kid, basically. <clears throat> sure. Yeah. Yeah. And again, Bart Simpson was never that bad. Um, mm. But Sonic, yeah, Sonic was always the one who, like, your mom thought was the... The, you know, or maybe not. Maybe maybe other times when Sonic didn't know your mom. If he passed your mom on the street, he might, you know, just like be a little shit to her or something. You know, I don't know. He mm-hmm. kind of skated that line. Um, but, but yeah, yeah, th- there was a lot about him that I liked. And it was, it was very smart to kind of make those movements, right? You look at. People, like even Yoshi, it's like, where does Yoshi come from? Why does he shit eggs? Like, is he a male or a female? Like, <laughs> you know, like like Nintendo stuff and a lot of that Japanese stuff, especially for Americans, starts to break down when, and probably Europeans as well, starts to break down if you start looking into the lore too much. Um, but I don't know. Do you Do you agree, disagree? Like, do you ever look up the lore of... Nintendo people always like to go. Oh yeah! Did you know that all the blocks you break are actually Mushroom Kingdom citizens you're killing? You know, or <laughs> did you know? You know.
0: Oh yeah, I do know that one, that particular one. But that one, which is possibly one of the most disturbing things to read about for the original Mario Brothers, but um, um, we, we've. I mean, you mentioned obviously you mentioned this on the previous podcast, which, um, with Andy and Ali. With, the only time I really delved really deep into Sonic lore, particularly, was when it was in comic form, which is with Sonic the Comic. Oh, yeah. Um, which was, which is interesting, actually, because I thought, um, I'll be honest. Obviously, I my memory of that is very vague uh, since it was quite a long time ago. It was made by However, Archie
1: Comics, actually. It so, was, yeah, yeah, that was kind of the pedigree of uh, of what w- what it was coming out of and the feel of it. So, but I, what I remember of it was that it was pretty close to the games. Actually,
0: certainly the up to the um, you know Sonic Free and Knuckles that combination mm. one there. Uh, I certainly remember um, you know, getting some issues of it that were kind of doing delving into that lore and some of the drama that's you know because as we remember with these old games especially with Sonic it's very loose what you see on the screen you don't really there's not a, like a real deep story and this this kind of comic really added a story to really what was just a little hedgehog bashing some robots on the head and, just, and the Saturday morning cartoon just destroyed
1: all that lore um. oh yeah oh
0: yeah yeah oh god and then the, I'm one of those people that um, I think a lot of people have said, admitted to this as well, where I was like, yeah, I ate that up anyway. I was like, yeah, this is awesome. And then you look at it when you're older and you like, oh, God.
1: <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Too much um, sugar in the diet, maybe. <laughs> That's but, yeah, and, and again, everything comes... From different places again, if you want to hear the history uh, that's just not the the way we're going about it but uh but yeah you can hear about the armadillo and Mr. Needle Mouse and the fact that Dr. Robotnik actually was one of the first iterations of what could have been Sonic um, but uh but ultimately, Sonic the Hedgehog just becomes this uh, this platformer um, that people misappropriate it for speed, uh, especially that first mm. game if you. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I just recently played through it last night, uh, knowing this was coming up. If you go through it just running to the right as fast as you can, you're going to miss a lot and you're going to hit something and you're going to lose all your rings. And that's going to be huge as well. Um, And it's just not an ideal way to play through that game, uh, the first game at least. Um, You can do certain moments for that and it's it's built, what I like about it is it's versatile. It's built to let you do that. But I don't Mm -hmm. really think that is how the game was... You know, if 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 the designer had to pick a way to play, that wasn't what they were necessarily expecting you to do. um, In my opinion, so. Mm. Um, but yeah, I I think we should just jump into the game. One thing I got to say is, uh, from an audiovisual standpoint, this game was a very impressive work on the Sega Genesis Mm. Mega Drive. Like it was an impressive game when it came out graphically and sound wise. So. Um Is he more impressive cuz it wasn't an arcade game. <laughs> right, right. Well, and this all kind of happens at the same time. I believe the Sega Genesis in the summer of 91 drops down to 149.99 in America. It was probably still $3,000 in Europe, but um mm. and uh and the Super Nintendo is going to come out. They hadn't revealed the price yet. I think that was at Fall CES. Um <clears throat> but they know Mario's gonna be with it, uh, and I remember if you read in the book, there is a big thing about oh, it's $199.99 and it comes packed with Mario. So if you you know, and that's when they bundled Sonic into the Genesis. So that first year, uh, if you, bu- I think the big deal with it, and this is why I pulled the trigger in ninety one, holiday ninety one was when my parents, I begged them to buy it for me, and again, my January birthday saved me on this. Was I believe the console was one forty nine ninety nine. You got a Genesis, you got Sonic the Hedgehog. And you got a card. And if you mailed in the card, you got Sonic 2 for free. Ooh, yeah, yeah. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. And I could be wrong about this. I may have bought it later in time in the summer of 92 with that deal. Cause Sonic two doesn't come out till, uh, Sonic Tuesday, which is, uh, <laughs> it's like Tuesday. yes, which was one of the first worldwide releases, although not quite. And we'll get to that, but, uh, but yeah, and that was, that was in November of 1992. Um, so, uh, one way or the other, I got it when it was bundled in, you got Sonic two as a mail away. Um, and, uh, and it was it was uh, pretty impressive. Um, you know, the more I'm thinking about it, I think that was the summer of '92. Um, but either way, um, this might have been the year I got the Turbo Graphics. Uh, but uh, mm. but yeah, yeah. So, but Sonic the Hedgehog impressed, and there was a part of me, uh, but again, a biased part of me because I went from a Nintendo kid to the Genesis. Um, and knowing I wasn't going to get the Super Nintendo, it was flat out out of my price range. My parents said they would not spend $200 on a console, so that was out. It was not an option, so I just didn't think about it. Um, Sonic did look like it could replace Mario for me, Um, and I think to a certain extent in my childhood, it totally did. Hmm. So, um, Oh, by the way, way back when, Clue Drew said I felt the appropriate word for Sonic was rascal. I think that does work the best. That, so. I, yeah that's a good that's a good word for it yeah sonic the rascal um but anyway um so i, I i've been talking a lot what what's your first impressions of sonic or what are your impressions oh. of sonic overall the first game
0: <laughs> I, was about, I was about to make a joke there blast processing well mm-hmm. i mean that, that first level uh, which was designed with that intention to show off kind of the sonic speed you thought wow all of this is happening on screen at once and um and I think even the, the original creator of Sonic even said himself that he always intended for like level like the first level of every Sonic game to kind of be a demonstration of the speed and sort of what Sonic could do. And, and as you've mentioned already, Fred, that everything just kind of slows down a bit after there
1: because nobody likes <laughs> Marble Zone. Am I the only <laughs> one who likes Marble Zone? Uh, probably. But- <laughs> well, because the progression is like, like let's face it, Green Hill Zone is pretty easy, but you're right. It's doing a lot. You've got layered backgrounds. You've got parallax scrolling. You've even got, remember the things where they would uh, put a layer in front for the waterfall? I remember yeah. that being a big oh, deal. Yeah. Um, they had the loop de loops. I forget. Are the curly cues just a Sonic 2 thing? I think they are. Yeah, they're Sonic 2. The pseudo too, yeah, 3.
0: The, the loop loop thing was. I, I kind of thought that was cool back in the Oh, day. it was so awesome.
1: Oh, it was like a roller coaster. Like, no, no, no. Like, mm. I, we totally sold ourselves on that. And I also like how Green Hill Zones, where you first get introduced to um, the edge of a cliff with ground underneath, and you know there's ground underneath. But the first few parts are spikes. So if you're not moving fast or you don't jump off the cliff, you could hit spikes. And I like where Mm -hmm. there's. uh, you'll also come to dead ends with springboards that would knock you back into either an enemy or an obstacle. This is to teach you that they're going to do this more in the future and you better be ready for it. Mm -hmm. Um, Whereas Marble Zone is a bunch of environmental hazards and a lot of people don't like environmental (laughs) hazards. So that's probably why that was a problem. Um, But...
0: uh, Either I think way. as well is that Marble's Day is just—it's so much slower than the first level. You know, it's oh, it is. a you're, lot more. You know,
1: stifled on your progression time and time again.
0: And the um <sighs> the other bit, because going back to that first level, that I quite quite liked um about its kind of design. But bearing on obviously with the sort with the first Sonic game, you had free acts, and I think that's the only only Sonic game until you would do that really, where they kind of incorporated the the boss into the. Sort of the third act rather than it being kind of down to two which is that we'll get to that when we get to sonic 2 maybe but that that almost felt like that was adding to its speedy design as well but what i liked about kind of like how they sort of surprised you they it felt like they kind of introduced like a, a kind of a key wow moment in each of those first levels of the, in, first, in first sections of the um of, of green hill zone like in the first level for example fred and um, you didn't notice it's kind of funny how you got the invincibility and the speedy boots at the same time because it's like oh we're gonna show you yeah
1: it is super dupery doopity,
0: doopity powers well and they even
1: do that in i played the the master system sonic yeah. one yesterday and they even do that in that one like it was there. very slick yeah. how they did that like a big hill, you go down it, you spin,
0: you crush through, but you don't really crash crush through the wall, you just go through the loop, looping section and you go in, there's big rings everywhere, you collect all of them, and then if you jump at just the right point, you go into the special stage. <laughs> yeah, it
1: was it was very, yeah, it was well designed. It was like, okay, we're going to let you have some fun. You can't get into too much trouble and it's pretty hard to die if mm. you, even if you go crazy here, you know, Um was the basic gist I got from that. But yeah, no, it, and it was totally effective. It was totally effective. It was um, very impressive. Um, and, uh, but there, and there were two things I remember, and I'm sorry, I didn't get too far in Sonic. I mean, everybody remembers up, down, left, right. You hear the ring, you press A and start, and you can pick the level selects. And much like Mike Tyson's Punch-Out, you go straight to whatever the chemical zone was or whatever get your ass handed to you and you go back to basics because it just wasn't fun. Um, mm-hmm. but the two big things that always, even from the ads before this game came out, uh, that just always made me go, okay, this is a, this is the next level. And and they actually did that. The advertising for Sega of America in America in 92 was welcome to the next level. um, mm. I don't know if you guys got that advertising, but everything we had said, welcome to the next level on it. And it did weird stuff. Like it was welcome, but the E was on the next line. And then it was like to the, you know, next Mm. and then to level. And it was weird how they did it. But anyway, it was a, it was a great advertising campaign. Uh, It was from the guys who did just do it. I think. No, it wasn't. It was from these up and comers. But anyway, the point being, I remember
0: over here, but we had, um, we certainly had a lot of advertisement you know focusing on how
1: awesome the mega drive was <laughs> did you guys get the <laughs> sega scream at least
0: oh we had the yeah we had sega scream absolutely in um, some form i don't remember it being quite as um like i don't know i, I was about to say 90s as america <laughs>
1: <laughs> we definitely had adverts later that were so like that they did that sega um yeah 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 <laughs> but uh but yeah like uh the big things were in the ads, in the commercials. Uh, and this was before Welcome to the Next Level. They would show you um, the opening logo. Do you remember that? Where Sonic would run back and forth and it would go, Sega. Actually, I don't even know if he ran back and forth. It might have just been a blue Sega on the white background. But it would say, Sega. And it was because you could put... PCM synth onto one of the Yamaha chips like five or six sound channels and usually like for the Genesis and this is true of the Super Nintendo also whenever they do PCM samples it would be really like stripped down and compressed so you would go you know usually it'd be like (laughs) you know or something like that (laughs) but they really used a large portion I think that's like a fun fact of the Sonic the Hedgehog cart was that like 20% of the memory was just for that sega but it worked so well like Mm. it's so i don't know for me it's so iconic even now when i hear that i smile like i can't get away from it oh me too absolutely the other thing was the bonus levels Mm. while i don't really like the bonus levels in the other games this was the bee's knees for me Uh, The holographic backgrounds that look like they're straight out of a Pink Floyd acid trip with like pseudo 3D. (laughs) Remember, it's like doves and it becomes fish and there's a hologram shining in the background and it's all pseudo polygons. While the world's rotating around you with this weird like kind of like underwater like... You know, sound. In fact, I'm sorry to do it, but uh, uh, I should have had this nope. queued up. But I, I want to play that music. I'm
0: surprised I haven't heard any music yet. But <laughs> yeah,
1: I, I should have queued it up. Sorry, you guys will excuse me. Uh, I uh, just am I'm not on my A game. But uh, here we go. Right. I'll, I'll get it back. Uh do There we go. Ugh, Sonic the Hedgehog 2006 OST. No, thank you. Here we go. Whoa, whoa, whoa. No, no, no. I didn't want the starlight on But thank you. It's a good, good scene, though. Yeah, it was a casino. Yeah, it's good times. Oh, no, that was Casino Night Zone. Damn it. I always get those two screwed up. Uh, where is it? Oh, come on. It's got to be part of this, right? Wacky workbench. What the hell? Okay. In fact, let's just go Sonic the Hedgehog. Bonus stage music. Okay, wow, that that pops up quick. Okay. Here we go. Ah, okay. But do you get how it's like, it's very melodic and it's kind of you swimming, but maybe you floating Mm. and all kinds of stuff. It's
0: actually quite nice meditation music.
1: (laughs) Well, it's because you need to focus, right? Because the world's Mm. spinning around you, you know, um... And then it breaks down right here. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, yeah, like uh, that was very significant to me. And um, I don't know. I I just I really dug the way that all looked in screenshots and in um, and in uh, uh, gameplay footage. Um, and I never got to appreciate it fully while I'm playing the game. And it was also the key to the Chaos Emeralds. And, uh, you know, you only hmm. got to those if you jump through the big ring after getting more than 50 rings when crossing the finish line. And you didn't want to screw those up because you only have a finite number of levels to do this with. And that, that stuff gets hard yeah. at the end. You only have, like, you only actually have 12 opportunities to get to the special stage. And there
0: are, what, six, seven Chaos Emeralds? Six, uh, six Emeralds in the first one because they, they extended it to seven later. Okay, yeah, okay. So yeah, you kind of had, you had to go, well, yeah, you kind of, had, yeah, yeah, you know, I, I always found it quite tough with the first game to get all of the emeralds without, without using sort of save states or anything like that.
1: Yes. Yes. Um There we go. Sorry. Somebody hit me up and I was like, Hey, I'm doing my podcast, bro. Um, <laughs> right. But uh, they were doing that thing though, where they keep contacting you. So you got to let someone know. Um, but, uh, but yeah, yeah, um, I don't know. Sonic just impressed me through and through. Uh, I was very positive on my purchase when I when I bought a Sega Genesis. Mm. Oh, me too. The future was bright, um, but Future's with blue. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. <laughs> um, and with this, Sega also has a mascot now. Mm-hmm. So. Um, also, just just throwing it out there, I know people always talk about uh, Yu- Yuji Naka being the designer of uh, of Sonic, but he's actually just the programmer. The true designer mm. was uh, Hirokazu Yasuhara, and then the artist That's that what was I was re- thinking of yeah. yeah, Yasuhara was the big one, and then the uh, the artist who kind of gave him a lot of his features was Naoto Oshima. So when you talk about Sonic those are the three that that's the, the 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 triumvirate of people who brought him to life but way before that it was a hodgepodge of people in Japan and America working together to make Sonic happen so Sonic they went all in but I think it netted them very well Sonic was extremely popular the first one um it got fantastic reviews 9s 10s uh EGM gave it a 36 out of 40 they were usually pretty tough um I didn't see what Famitsu gave it, but I bet Famitsu was nice to it. Um you know, and it quickly became bundled with the console uh, in the Christmas of 91, uh, so um it, Altered Beast was out. <laughs>
0: <laughs> but um did you she want went back, went back to his Grave?
1: Right? Did you want to talk briefly about <laughs> Sonic the Hedgehog on the Master System before moving on? Did you oh, have yeah. that version? Yeah,
0: yeah, why not? idea not the masters but the game gear version which was
1: basically the same
0: so
1: um, um well it's all you i mean if you want to do that or we can move on to sonic 2 but uh, i figured especially over in europe like it was a good time to talk about uh, how sonic yeah. on the master system yep. came to be yeah basically
0: um the, the well but both of them are like uh, the same there's some very minor differences but the the system and the game gear versions are actually a different game entirely they do share is green hill zone is the first one but then after that the levels do change quite dramatically um there is still three acts per level although the third act now is just simply just a boss level though it just literally is uh, which is quite common for kind of the mass system which did that with a lot of games where it sort of restricted the boss to its own kind of special
1: section damn it sorry i pushed the back button (laughs) it's my fault (laughs) <laughs> All
0: right, that's you cool, man. Um, the what I think was still impressive about the master System port of this game is that because as you might remember, Fred yourself, is that you, they still kind of incorporated a lot of the stuff that works really well with the Mega Drive game. Of course, it didn't have the wow and the graphical prowess of the Mega Drive slash Genesis, but it still included like that smooth um, scrolling that we had in that in that game. And they they really put that that hardware to its limits, pushed it. Okay
1: yeah yeah uh in fact um i I was watching um my my master System struggle a little bit with it, and I was like, Huh, oh yeah, wonder if that's the flash card So I pulled the flash card out. I have an actual copy of Sonic the Hedgehog, slap that in there. Nope, still struggled yep. with it, so yeah it it really did push yep. it, yeah.
0: And um, the, main, the main sort of difference when it comes to the emeralds this time is the emeralds are now just hidden in the game somewhere in each, le- well, in each, one, each of the sub sort of levels. Yeah, There's still fuck six that. emeralds. What do what are those
1: signs pointing down mean? I never understood that. Where well, you'd break the TVs <laughs> just, with the down arrows.
0: Oh, they're the return, they're return, um, they're, they're return icons. So basically if you oh, die, like, you'll start back that point Okay, checkpoint, okay, yeah.
1: okay. Gotcha.
0: That's a good question, though. Yeah, because that's not in that's not in any Sonic game apart from the the Mars System
1: versions and the Game Gear. No, and of course I could have looked up a manual, but why use the internet when I can ask you? Um, But uh, (laughs) but yeah. (laughs) So, um, but yeah, yeah. I just I just remember that. Uh, But it was a like I said, it it did some semi unique stuff. But it was a it was a cool version of Sonic.
0: Mm. I I, I still think it's worth checking out PPA. It's surprisingly hard to find in America,
1: that first one. <laughs> oh, they're all pretty impossible to find. In fact, my version's probably a PAL version, but since the Master System's region free, mm. like it just converts yeah. to whatever region you're in. Its output is based off of the console, not the game. Um Yeah. I just slap a Sonic in there. Who knows what of, <laughs> you know, a I should <laughs> yeah, slap a Sonic. Uh I need to make a t-shirt, but uh, you know, like you, you saw, uh, well, you might not have, but when I was showing off my collection in the, uh, in the live stream, like I showed Mm -hmm. what a bunch of master system games look like. (laughs) You have no idea where they were from, you know? Uh, (laughs) so, but all right, well then if you're ready, I think we should jump over and talk about Sonic two, especially, yeah, Mm -hmm. the big one, especially the leading up to it. But first... Kaijudo's talking in the chat about how his favorite zone in Sonic 1 was uh, Labyrinth Zone. So let's Mm. let's play a little bit of Labyrinth as we transition over. Here we go. Got a little bit of that reggae feel to it you know mm. like i don't know it's a little ub40 but uh that,
0: that's really refreshing to hear those tunes though from sonic it just that you know that that that's something they really know especially with the mega drive and Genesis fits limited um, prowess with the sound chip compared to the mm-hmm. super nintendo it boy did they rock it <laughs> it was the sonic games oh yeah
1: like they nailed it um yeah, yeah. sorry <laughs> I can't, you can't cue stuff up. Damn it. You'd think I would have had to plan this, but, uh, anyway. Um, but yeah, like, uh, so Sonic 2, uh, Sega now knew what it needed to do. So, so Super Nintendo comes out and it's a hit in America again. Um, In console wars, they'll tell it like, oh, you know, people had xenophobia of Japan and this and that, and people weren't sure if they wanted to buy it, and they didn't like the backwards compatibility. And this was right about the time Nintendo did their controversial policy, which was Mm -hmm. um, it started with Target. Target used to take back anything, provided you had the receipt. So people could bring back Nintendo. NES consoles bought at a Target in 1985 with a receipt... And they didn't even need the box. They could just bring back an NES console (laughs) and get their money back, which if they paid – it wasn't 85. It was more like 86, 87. But, like, let's say in 87 they paid $150 for an NES. Well, they could use that towards an SNES and get their 50 bucks. And see, Target won because it looked good to their customers. They knew what they were doing, and they thought they were a big enough big box retailer to push – they didn't even call them customers. They called them something else. But anyway – they could push around Nintendo and say, no, you need to take this back for money, you know? And the reality was, I think Target kept doing it for a while, but they just had to eat the cost of that, you know, to make people right. happy. But this, the Super NES sells out day one. Like, that holiday season was was rough. Um, Genesis did too, though. Like Je- They were both kind of selling like hotcakes. And, um, and Sonic's a hit... Uh, Nintendo's a hit, but I feel like a lot of Genesis kids in America might have originally intended to be Nintendo, Super Nintendo kids that got a Genesis. People are going to hate mm. me saying that, but I know there were more Genesises out there than Super Nintendo's. See, Nintendo's never been able to keep stock on shelves, kids. Like, mm-hmm. this is nothing Even new. back in the day? <laughs> yeah. Um, so they definitely didn't keep up with demand. Um, but either way... Uh, we go into 92, and a lot of things start to happen. So first of all, um, Sonic 2's development is kind of split. Now, you, do you know about this, jam, The Sonic CD versus Sonic 2 split? Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, so Yuji Naka's not happy. Um, in fact, he straight up gets into somewhere in the development of Sonic 2. I want to say it was... Probably like, probably around this time, like Christmas '91, early '92, and he leaves Sega of Japan, um, pissed off. And we actually (laughs) fly him out here to the Sonic Technical Institute in the States and we hire him. (laughs) Japan was not too happy about that. Um, and they give him a job and, uh, they tell him he can go make the Sonic game he wanted to. So, um, so with that, uh, I'm trying to remember here. Hold on, let me get this straight because it wasn't Sonic CD. Let's go over here to development real quick. Again, all these stories are in there already, but um, following the reason Sonic the Hedgehog lead programmer Yuji Nakag had grown dissatisfied with the rigid corporate policies at Sega, moved to the United States to SCI, which is what I just said, um, to develop Sonic 2. Okay. And Oshima, Naoto Oshima, the, uh, the designer actually went and made an alternative version of Sonic 2 for the Sega CD, which was Sonic CD. Um, So they were supposed to be the same game, but basically what Sonic CD is, is let's say you take a new concept for level design, but you slap it onto the classic Sonic character, classic move set and everything. Whereas Sonic 2 really kind of grows... The design of Sonic in that the level design, in my opinion, doesn't change up too much, but his move set changes changes up drastically. And mm. one other big change, which America was not happy with, which is um, what else? What else gets added in Sonic Two Jam? Do you know who I'm talking uh, about? A little, little extra person, or <laughs> <Well>, that <little laughs> extra fox, I guess. It was a fox. <laughs> uh, do you know his official name? <laughs> um Miles yeah, t- Miles Tails Prowler. <laughs> yes, Miles Prowler. Uh <laughs> See what you did there. Um mm-hmm. And apparently America hated this. Tom Kalinski was like Tails is stupid. He doesn't need a psychic. <laughs> um and not only was Tails stupid, but Tails's name Miles Prowler mm-hmm. was even stupider. They were like we are not going to put out this Miles Prowler person with a background and all this stuff like no no we're not gonna do it and you know america had kind of grown tired of kalinsky or japan had kind of grown tired of kalinsky's shit so um apparently he sends he sells this big speech or they i think his marketing guy sells a big speech on how his nickname was tails and he's like us right he's the us who assists mm. sonic along the way and he sells japan on it and they're like okay you can call him Tails in america and we were like yes and then as they're walking away they're like but you got to put miles prower like in the in the instruction manual <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> okay <laughs> but because uh, apparently japan was very pleased with the miles prower uh concept you know and the two-tailed fox is you know part of japanese mythology and all that stuff um, you know, that's the other thing we never talked about because it wasn't a big deal for us, but Dr. Evo Robotnik is better known as Dr. Eggman in Japan. Mm-hmm. Um, and then somehow it just crosses over and they become fused. There's a large discussion in, I believe, the 3D Extreme episode where Andy and Allie and I talk about how Eggman became Robotnik, or Robotnik became Eggman. Like Eggman. and Like Eggman, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, but yeah, so in, in comes these, uh... And Sonic 2 is, is set to do gangbusters. At this point, this is where Nintendo's going for the throat. They know that... Uh, or, sorry, with Sega's going for the throat. They know that there's not going to be another Mario this year, and they're ready for a Sonic uh, with their Sonic. But some things do come out that year. Um, a little game called Mario Kart, I believe, comes out in 1992. <laughs> Let me double-check this, but I'm pretty sure Mario Kart was 92. And, and, and? Yes, it was. Okay, a little game called Super Mario Kart comes out. Another game that probably was more pivotal f- with me and my friends, Jam, was, do you remember this little game by Capcom called Street Fighter 2 that hit the Super Nintendo in 92? Yeah. I heard you, you Brits heard were, that. I heard you Brits did some pretty crazy shit to get that game into your country in 92. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Yeah, that sounds like us. You guys had to buy
1: some weird like cartridge adapter for like sixty bucks, and you had to buy the game for like ninety, and you had to pay like a thirty dollar import fee. Apparently, it was like two hundred bucks to get fucking Street Fighter Two in a, in in Europe. Like yep. it was. Yep, that sounds about right. <laughs> wow. Um, but uh, but yeah, like, uh, um, I mean those those were kind of the the big things. So, you know. Uh, Nintendo was no slouch. Um, uh, another thing that comes out at this time, and again, we won't be getting into this right now, but was uh, Mode 7. The scale mm. and rotation starts to really get exploited. I think Super Castlevania 4 might even be this year. Um, let me mm. double check. Super Castlevania 4 was late 91. Yeah, and that's where they first started yeah. showing off Mode 7. Mode 7 must have been in advertisements at this point. Um that's scary. Uh, Kalinsky talks about it where nobody could quite understand what mode seven was, but then when they saw it, they realized it like it was pseudo 3d and scale and rotation. And Mario Kart was probably the most impressive game that used it that year. Um, and it scared them, you know, uh, Sega CD was coming out in October of 92. So that was okay, but that was a $300. Maybe it was a $400 console add on. Um, the genesis that you know they just knew wasn't going to sell very well right out of the gate right it wasn't going s- to it, it was two super nintendos um so it could do scale and rotation but it it uh the genesis couldn't do it um mm. and so they invented blast processing to take it on it was a pure <laughs> marketing term yeah and and the reality was was while the chip in the Genesis clocks twice the megahertz in speed. I think it's 7 megahertz versus the 3.5 of the SNES. It does not actually affect gameplay or processing power. So it was bullshit. But it sounds cool. It does. <laughs> it does. And it's, it's one of the first. Uh, apparently, this is when the Sega of America team, some people start to have ethical issues because they feel like it's borderline false advertising. right? It's mm. not that they were telling you it did something it didn't. But it was there's an infamous Dustin Diamond demo at CES where Dustin Diamond, who played Screech on Saved by the Bell, is playing Sonic 2. And he's talking about all the blast processing because he was paid to say it and stuff like that. Mm. And how it's only possible on the Genesis. And while Sonic 2 may only be possible on the Genesis, that that part I will believe. The blast processing had nothing to do with it. (laughs) Um, I think it was called boost processing is what it's actually called. And then they turned it into the marketing term blast processing. But either way. Um, the reason I bring all this up is because that's that's kind of the world you enter into and Sega is coming out on top and Sega's, the big thing that I want to sell on and I think we should talk about a little bit was Sega was cooler than Nintendo in 1992. It was yeah. cooler to own a Genesis than a Super Nintendo. It just fucking was. It was Disney versus the Simpsons. It was, that's actually, I think I nailed it, like Disney versus the Simpsons. Yeah. You know, you liked Disney, right? You still went and saw Fantasia, but but let's mm-hmm. let's face it. When the parents were away, it was more fun to act like Bart Simpson. Um, oh yeah. <laughs> and and it wasn't just Sonic. Like Sega was doing this left and right. Um, uh, who was it? Was it Howard Lincoln? I'm trying to remember. Uh, which is the Howard for Nintendo? That uh, maybe it was Howard Phillips. Uh, let me find out. It's it's Lincoln or Phillips, and I always get the two mixed up. Howard Phillips. There we go. Um, yes, he he was the bow-tied guy, the big dork mm-hmm. that was in Nintendo Power. Did you ever read Nintendo Power huh. Jam? I don't think we had Nintendo Power. <laughs> oh, man. I got to... I got to find some nefarious way to get you that library. Um but uh,
0: we we had Nintendo magazine but not I don't think it was Nintendo Power. Okay, well
1: Nintendo Power Which had this- that, that's also been discontinued. <laughs> right, right, yeah, yeah. Nintendo uh had Howard Phillips in America and he had this big red bow tie. He's a ginger, he's a redhead. And he was a big geek. He was like a kid mm-hmm. at heart and he he was Peter Pan. And he wrote <laughs> his own he was like the editor in chief of um, of, uh, Nintendo Power, you know, and there was a famous comic strip in Nintendo Power called Howard and Nestor where they would talk and all this stuff. Well, anyway, he leaves Nintendo and the story around him leaving Nintendo is still unknown, but he leaves Nintendo in 1991. And so in 92, Sega tries to pick him up and believe it or not, the edginess and the violence that he was seeing in, um, (laughs) um, uh, sorry, there's some jokes. <laughs> Kluge was like the <laughs> <Yeah>. cult classic, <laughs> okay. Street Fighter um, 2. But, uh, but yeah, so anyway, Howard Phillips was invited to come work for Sega. And he didn't like the violence and the the uh, the a lot the more combat. It wasn't out yet. So no, it but he yeah, didn't yeah, like straight, the direction it was going. <laughs> he didn't like the casual violence found. I think Streets of Rage was one of the ones he cited. Um, mm. didn't like the casual nice violence sense. surrounding stuff. Yeah. And when night trap came out, Howard Phillips will actually be oh, the oh, one oh. who calls Tom Kalinski and goes, yo, the Senate's looking at you. You need to know. I think this was early 93. You, you need to know this shit's getting rough. No, it was summer. It was summer 93 right after mortal Kombat. But yeah. And again, Howard Phillips turns this down before all that happens. But, um, uh, and and th- there is some that believe that Howard Phillips didn't like the direction Nintendo was going in with this as well with bringing on board Street Fighter and making Super Punch out and stuff like that, like bringing in violence. Um, and Howard Phillips mm. is in no way a prude, even in uh, console wars, whether it's true or not. He swears and you know he talks about sex and stuff like that. So it's like he's not a prude, but he really didn't like that we were subjecting kids to this stuff. It really mm. got into his craw. Um, but anyway... Uh, so so yeah, Sega's really cool, and um, the other big thing they're doing is Sonic Tuesday, which was Sonic Tuesday. The worldwide release of uh, of, of Sonic Two. Sonic Two released worldwide November twenty fourth in Europe, North America, and Japan. Or at least that's how it was planned, and it was going hmm. to be the first time ever. You could release three game or one game in all three regions, and the reason that was a big deal was because everybody kind of knew they would get their stock early. You didn't have to worry about things coming out hot. you could set up distribution. It was a lot of work, but it was it was well thought out. It was also one of the first times where Sega helped implement a pre-order system. Did you know that? Mhm. Yeah. I think,
0: yeah, I think I've heard about
1: that. Yeah, this was the deal they made with the retailers. This was worldwide. You as a retailer could pre- pre-sell Sonic 2. They would put a $5 deposit down. Stop me if you've heard this number before. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and the person who put down the deposit would get a T-shirt, a Sonic 2 T-shirt. Ah, and the expensive. Sonic 2 T-shirt would cost $2.50. So mm-hmm. here was the concept was you would buy all these t-shirts. You'd sell all these pre-orders. You would make $2 and 50 cents profit if the person never came back in. Cause it was a non-refundable deposit back in the day. The mm-hmm. deposits weren't refundable. That wasn't until later. Um, and you made $2.50 profit for nothing, right? But if they came back and bought it, yeah, you cut two fifty into your profit margin, but you had guaranteed sales, right? You had stuff that you didn't have to worry about. You didn't even have to make shelf space for it. You know what I mean? Like you could literally put one on the shelf and keep the rest behind the counter. Um, mm-hmm. So it was pretty slick. Uh, and again, Sonic was super cool. Uh, Sega was super cool. Uh, apparently when Sonic came out at... Uh, spring CES and uh, oh no Sega actually sent everyone to was it Curacao they uh, they flew them there or like Cancun or something like that to like golf and 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 enjoy the luxury and everything and they had to sit down and do a press conference so all those press conferences that we all hungrily sit down and watch during E3 they had to fly these people uh, these businessmen out to you know the middle of <laughs> of like a fancy resort and give them free golfing uh, free amenities for a week in order to just reveal sonic but apparently they talked about all these businessmen and ceos cheering for sonic when he came out in a big sonic costume and everything but mm. but yeah <laughs> and there was tons of merchandising for sonic too i don't know if you recall that jam but like
0: Yes. You could get a lot of shit that, yes. when
1: Sonic Two came out. The Sonic toothbrush, and they made that joke everywhere. The Sonic Two something, the Sonic toothbrush, to- Sonic Tuesday, yeah, <laughs> Sonic toothpaste, yeah, stuff like that. And anytime they could make that pun, they did. Um, so yeah, uh, so and again, there was the giveaway promotion. There was there were a lot of different promotions. I think Sonic became the pack-in for the Sega Genesis that holiday season. Is is yes. also the is
0: it the Mega Drive Two as well was launched at this point.
1: Ooh, that's a, a good question. Uh, let me check. So I remember that.
0: that being a pack-in title with that Sonic Two.
1: Yeah, because actually, I remember the story was back with... uh, Yeah, the the pack-in story I'm talking about was... You were talking about that with Sonic. Yeah, when they knew that Sonic needed to become the pack-in because it was getting popular for the Sega Genesis in America. Because most people in America, and maybe even Europe, if you guys got it as a pack-in, got Sonic 1 as a pack-in. They didn't actually go buy Sonic 1. It was forced on them Mm. in the box. Um, Tom Kalinski talked about how they went and they opened up the box of all the Altered Beast consoles and added a, a Sonic 2. And so they didn't... And in order to not throw away Altered Beast and they knew they couldn't sell it, they just made it a promotion where you got a free Altered Beast also. And all they did was just slap a Sonic cart into the box and slap a sticker on it. And that's all they really did. But uh, anyway, uh, let's find out when the Sonic... Or when the... Uh, ye, Mark 2... Yeah, when did model 2 hit Wikipedia? You're not helping. <laughs> model 2, model 2. Model be on
0: there actually, yeah.
1: Yeah. You you might be right though, but yeah, Sonic 2 immediately became the pack in. Um I can tell you that much. Um Yeah, I apologize. I I'm not doing a good job of finding it right now. Um but, uh, yeah, it was huge. And I got Sonic 2 in the mail a little bit before Christmas, which was perfect, right? And it was free. Um, but that was <laughs> ideal. Um, mm-hmm. But, uh, yeah, so let's talk about Sonic 2. But be- before we do, let's play a little bit of music. What music should we play yes. from Sonic 2? Why don't you pick one, Jam? You haven't picked one yet. What would you like to hear from Sonic 2? What was? Uh, it's, got, it's got to be the chemical plant one. Okay, cool. Here we go. Chemical plant zone. Um, yeah, it's a I great. Ninety three for the um, Genesis two, so it might okay. be a bit uh, Little yeah, makes sense though. That holiday season, they slam all the mm. Sonic 2s out probably to sell it. That actually makes sense that they would want the pack in right away. But then immediately afterwards, it became the pack in. I remember that. Um, mm-hmm. But uh, so Sonic two. So did you? I forget. Did you buy Sonic two? Did how did yeah, you guys? This is a purchase. So. This was a Christmas by probably kind of
0: yeah yeah pretty much
1: yeah <clears throat> oh real quick i didn't tell why watch. do you know do you know the story as to why it released in japan on november 21st instead of november 24th
0: no what, what was that
1: <laughs> so apparently the japanese were all ass hurt that uh, uh everything was launching at the same time and they felt they deserved some special treatment especially for being the home of this and all that uh i think they used some bullshit about the release date being on a Saturday, which is traditionally when big games would release in Japan as well, but uh, yeah, so be uh, like three days before Sonic Tuesday comes out when they had planned everything, Sega of Japan just decides to just drop. Sonic mm. into stores, and it, apparently they had been planning this all along, and then just tell Kalinsky from afar. So Kalinski's worldwide release was actually shot, and so in the history books they don't really consider it the first worldwide release because of that. So this is the beginning of uh, shots fired across the bow from Sega of Japan, uh, and it will eventually push Kalinski out of the company. Mm-hmm. But uh, but yeah, so that's why, um, and I was telling you, Jam. Sonic 2 was probably most popular in Europe where it moved almost a million copies the first day, 800,000 oh, yeah. copies. That is a impressive Very feat. Very popular. Yeah, yeah. Well, you guys got it seven hours before us, so that was the big deal. <laughs>
0: seven hours, yeah. Um,
1: Makes all the difference. Of course. <laughs> um, Kaijudo says, Michael Jackson likes Sonic. Didn't he do music for Sonic 2? It was actually Sonic 3. We'll get three, into that. Sonic but, 3, yeah. But yeah, so... Um, so what do you think of uncredited Sonic 2? Uncredited as well. <laughs> yes, uncredited, yeah. So what do you think of Sonic 2?
0: Yeah, I mean, I, I like Sonic 2 a lot. And it's uh, that is, I think we said this before, um, even on the top 10 sort of, um, Genesis games, is if you're going to get into Sonic, this is probably the best place to start, I would say. Because it has kind of, I'd say... As if you put all the levels together, this has the most interesting levels back to back. This to me, this game just does not stop. Um, kind of like I, were jo- I was joking about Marble Zone earlier. You know, level two in this game, the chemical plant one, that is still you know on form basically. It's a it? genre it's defining
1: every- one. It's 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 better than Green Hill Zone. I would say so absolutely. Yeah.
0: And every every level seems different. It feels kind of unique. It feels special and the music is just great in this game. It's the <laughs> the
1: fantastic in this game.
0: Mm. Um, the only thing, although people won't people won't criticise it so much, some people will be okay with. It. I personally wasn't mad about the special stages, which this time, unlike the first game, obviously <laughs> you still collect fifty rings, but you had to get to the goalposts and you got a little sort of starry halo above it, and you had to jump through it, and you got kind of this pseudo three D kind of you're in the tube and you have to collect the rings. <laughs>
1: yes.
0: I don't know. I was never... Some people were fine with it. Some people were like... But I, I was always like... Yeah, I kind of preferred the other uh, uh, special stage.
1: <laughs> Mostly I was tales. one of those. Yeah. Uh, I, I bitched and on. I didn't even put this over. I played about 15 minutes of it on the live stream. and I didn't even bring the video over. Uh, but I kept getting pissed at Tails because I kept getting into the, uh, the special stages. And uh, I would be like two rings off. And I'd collect them. But Tails would fart around down at the bottom and get hit and then die out
0: exactly <laughs> and that that's it's, despite that that was the only time really what tails was a hindrance if you're playing it by yourself um obviously while we're there we should obviously mention the other reason that people were uh, even our listeners were saying that sonic 2 was very iconic and very memorable for them is this is where where the first instance of you being demoted to player 2 and picking out the second controller and playing as Tails. <laughs> Mm-hmm. To help out those boss fights, basically. And just sort of sitting there patiently while your brother or sister was playing Sonic. <laughs> yeah, but bus. there were
1: there, if your brother or sister owned it, my sister owned it for a while. Like, mm-hmm. you can have, like, if you have a Rockstar Tails, Tails is invincible uh, and does not yeah. need rings outside of the bonus game. Uh, you know, your, your sister could be the clutch that helps you beat that game. And she was for me. Mm-hmm. So, um, or your brother, you know, it just depends on your family situation but like yeah that that was definitely big i beat sonic 2 is i think it's the only one i've ever beaten
0: i think it's the same for most people though i think it's the one that most people prefer to, see to although not an easy not an easy game though certainly to at the Yo. end that final run is uh is basically like a, a mini kind of boss rush where you gotta go yeah. through uh, metal sonic and the the death egg um mm-hmm. well like the mecha robotnik basically without rings as well um something they don't really do in the later that they never kind of returned to that in the 2d sonic games but that was that was that was tough i had to restart that a lot
1: (laughs) yeah yeah um yeah it was tough but it was beatable there were a bunch of things again back to back to just it having everything you know you did that was the greatest thing was sonic 2 gave you the little sister character basically or like the 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 sibling character that they could play as yeah. yeah um It had better graphics, better sound.
0: It's pretty cool. It's kind of
1: cool to have that, someone following you. (laughs) Yeah, and he does help out even when he's AI controlled. Like when a spider grabs you in Chemical Zone, he'll go up and pop you free and stuff like that. Um, This also added, and I'm sure somebody is freaking out that we haven't mentioned it yet, the the spin dash, where you could go down and rev yourself up, which was always fun. And I think that's where speed was more emphasized in this. It was more careless behavior, but damn, it was fun um it's fun that's the thing you just spent ages just revving it (laughs) yeah just (laughs) yeah well and then the last part i would say is uh the the debug menu so do you remember Uh like right after it came out they they released the code Mm -hmm. for the debug menu and you could do all kinds of crazy shit you'd turn sonic into a fucking uh star checkpoint and just like drop a hundred of them down and keep playing the bonus level over and over again i remember you could do the debug and if you wanted to collect all the chaos emeralds although i don't think the game ran properly after you went into debug mode but you could just set That's up I yeah. yeah you could set yourself up to get 50 rings and uh, uh next to it a uh, checkpoint you could just go through there and just quickly collect all seven chaos emeralds and then have it by level one um, <laughs> play through the rest of the game is super sonic but again you were in debug mode which was broken anyway so it didn't really matter Mm -hmm. but uh yeah sonic 2 really had it all and it was lightning in a bottle but it was well calculated lightning in a bottle you know what i mean like it was Mm -hmm. they 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 improved through and through on every attribute of it and they did it in only a year it's pretty impressive uh what they managed to do with that game in such a short period of time um you know, cynics will say that Sonic 1 was unfinished. Uh, say, uh, you know, s- people who are just pushing heavily for Sega will say they just, uh, they, they knew how to hone their craft in just a very small period of time. Either way, it was, it was impressive. And it was a good time to be a Sega fan. It was a really good time to be a Sega fan, mm. which is good because 93 is start, going to start tapering off. And by 94, it's a really bad time to be a Sega fan. <laughs> but, uh, but yeah, yeah, like I think this was you know, so here's the double-edged sword to what your recommendation is. Sonic 2 is the greatest place to start because it is the best example of exactly what a Sonic game should be. But you can't mm-hmm. nothing can beat it. Like it's it okay. is hands. I I I cannot imagine how and you tell me, Jam, to me I can't imagine how you say there is any better Sonic game than Sonic 2. Like I I don't know. Well, well people do argue obviously
0: with Sonic Free and uh, Sonic Knuckles but Knuckles sorry, I'm <laughs> sorry what i do not saying then, but um however I've always I, I know it's a, a bit of a dick move to say but I've always criticized those they're good games absolutely but they aren't complete unless you have them
1: both. <laughs> so Yeah, and if you have them both <sighs> I forget Can you play through when you've got both locked on together? Assuming you have a cartridge different than my bootleg Sonic and Knuckles, um, Mm. do you? Can you play through the whole thing as either Sonic or Knuckles? Like, is it possible to just do one character the whole time? Okay, so basically have to
0: have the complete experience, which, to be honest, it really is Sonic and Knuckles free, whatever you want to call it. Sonic free and Knuckles together is the complete game really because uh, those two games separately are kind of yeah, they they don't feel quite like that that's why that's how i rate them really it's like if you if you boot up that sonic um sega's genesis collection or sonic's um, genesis collection mm-hmm. um, on the 360 or the ps3 they don't include that they only include they don't include them combined together they only include sonic 3 and sonic and knuckles as separate entities and if you play them separately you really sort of feel Compare I'm putting this against Sonic Two of course. Putting it against Sonic Two. You think they're not they don't feel as complete and as wow as Sonic Two does. So hence why you your know, Sonic Two kind of tips the edge. Um which probably also mentioned before we forget as well, um, that Sonic Two also introduced Supersonic as well. Some people might say that. Yeah. What about supersonic? Yeah,
1: supersonic. And and Metal Sonic, in mm-hmm. my opinion. Um okay. But, you get the obviously yeah you get the kind of like the
0: normal ending or the special ending if you did finish with all the emeralds this time
1: yeah uh and so i guess i've never actually beaten that game either because i've definitely not played yeah. that version <laughs> it's not it's not much different it's It's like like with the original sonic if you did
0: manage to get all the emeralds you just get just an additional cutscene, basically saying yeah well done you you're awesome
1: <laughs> good mm-hmm. job but uh but yeah, either way, uh, yeah, Sonic 2 was, was great. And Sonic, yeah, Sonic and Knuckles to me, um, Sonic and Knuckles is a more complete experience by itself, but Sonic 3 is just really short to me. Yeah, so, yeah, I felt the same way. It's,
0: it's only six, six levels, um, two each, of course. Uh-huh. Uh It's, it's over, you, you, I think, I think we might, me and my brother might finish that in a day.
1: <laughs> yeah, I think you can beat it well. in like an hour or two. I don't know, but, uh. It's a lot easier than Sonic Two. In Sonic Two as well,
0: but you know, kind of, eh, it's fine. What it is, it's just. But I, I just, I, I, always say sort of, If I recommend to anyone, I said it. If they said, "Oh, where do I start with the Sonic series?" I will say, "Sonic Two, you're done." Mm-hmm. Yeah,
1: and again, three is good. Th- three is good, especially yeah, if good. you. Oh, absolutely. Nowadays, when you get it, you'll get three and Knuckles together, which is kind of how I view Sonic Three these days. Yeah, it's good. Um, well,
0: the, the recommendation i would say to people, of course, is um, if you if you obviously hang on to your old consoles like we do is on PS, PS2, GameCube, and Xbox, get the Sonic uh, collection on there. And that does come with the, the combined version. You have, yeah. That's the one. Oh, you have to unlock them, though, but it's not too hard. Um, and also on the DS, you can get the Sonic collection, which has all four core games. And it does the combined thing as well. If you want to go portable.
1: Oh, cool! Without without, without using emulation, <laughs> um, yeah. Well, and we should. And just to throw it out there, we won't get into it, but there is Sonic in Knuckles too. You could slap Sonic two into yes, right. Sonic and Knuckles, and then Knuckles goes in there. Uh, and you know what this is? This is the earliest version of the ROM hack. Uh, they basically just changed the levels slightly, threw some power ups into ledges that only Knuckles would be able to get to. And uh, they didn't drastically change how that game plays. But with Knuckles in there, uh, it does change what you can do within the levels. Mm-hmm. So. Um, it unfortunately, breaks the game. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it breaks the game a little bit, uh, but in a fun way. Uh, Sonic 2, by that point, everyone played through it so many times. You know, why not break it? I, you know, people, a lot of people don't know this, but Sonic's, uh, Sonic the Hedgehog adventure, or whatever, uh, not adventure, but, uh, Sonic's adventure, whatever on the Neo Geo pocket. It's just Sonic 2. Um, mm. not that that's a bad thing, but it's a good portable version of Sonic 2. Um, so we're going to have to wrap up pretty quick here. So I'm sorry we aren't going to get too much into these games, but let's very briefly, probably about 10 minutes or less, talk about, um, Sonic CD. And Sonic 3 and Knuckles, which we've already kind of talked about. So uh, Sonic CD will come out next. Sonic CD comes out on the uh, Sega CD. Um, Let's see. I'm trying to remember when it was. Uh, 1993. So October 93. And uh, for comparison, Sonic 3 will hit 94, February 94. Yeah, because I remember it missed its, its deadline. So yeah. So Sonic CD technically was 93's Sonic game, but not so much because not a lot of people had the Sega CD. I think it had gone down to 299 99 The Sega Genesis 2's out. The Sega CD 2, I think, was out at this point. The Sega CD 2 comes out pretty quick. Um, mm. In holiday of 93, I think, is when the Sega CD 2 comes out with Sewer Shark packed in and all that stuff. And here comes Sonic CD. Yeah. Um, <laughs> And so, and a lot of people have played it now that it's been ported over to Xbox Live Arcade, PlayStation Network, and stuff like that. For a while there, everybody thought the Sonic Gems collection was going to be the only way we could play it, but uh, lots of people have played it. Um, Jam, did you want to, like, to me, Sonic CD is Sonic 1, only they made past, present, and future versions of every level, and you can kind of switch back and forth in between them, which is kind of the cool part of this. That that was a pretty cool hook, and um, I, I did. I was like,
0: I was fortunate enough to play Sonic CD back in the day. Uh, a friend of mine, I, I get this felt very similar to the Super Nintendo. I had one person I knew had this. Um, had spent had managed to had rich parents who could
1: afford <laughs> the extra.
0: <laughs> yeah, they, they, yeah, and he had the thirty two X as well, believe it or not. Um, so I had the thirty two X.
1: I didn't have the CD till ninety four, but I had a thirty two X.
0: But it it was kind of like, you know, you played it and you thought, this is just Sonic 1, really. But it just looks a bit more flashier. Well, Uh, there was no spin
1: dash. Sonic moves a little clunkier because he moves like he does in Sonic 1. The jump
0: set Um, felt a bit odd as well. It it sounded mm -hmm. different as well. I didn't have the usual way it went. It was more of the kind of echoey feel to it, I felt. But um it, yeah, I mean, it, it it just seems. I mean, he raved about it. He loved it. And I, you absolutely you would do if you, if you had the same CD. You would have said everything was awesome for that system. <laughs>
1: <laughs> well, and we but, we notoriously got the worst soundtrack uh, yeah. on the in the US, but mm, absolutely. Yeah. Um, but. But I
0: so yeah. But later down the road, when obviously I revisited, I think it was, I think it's three hundred and sixty. I don't know. I, I got posted on one I think it might be on the PlayStation three. Actually, I've got it. Where it's a game you go back to and you think huh, This game's actually got some pretty neat ideas to it, which is obviously the um, the time traveling.
1: <laughs> yeah, it's like str- uh, this, it's yeah. like running three levels at once, basically. Um, yeah, yeah, which which is
0: a cool idea. It's
1: just it's just nobody played it. <laughs> yeah, and it's actually there. There is the fourth one. I forgot about uh, future is good future and bad future depending on where you're at. Um, so oh there, yeah, that's a good point. Actually. Yeah, yeah. There's a lot of stuff going with that, and that's why the game might seem easy at first, but you get the bad ending. <laughs> mm. Sonic CD is not an easy game. Um, And, of course, the uh, bonus levels was the UFO attacks with the scale and rotation. But I do think, again, like you said, Jam, when you go revisit it in hindsight, you're like, oh, there's some cool stuff here. And I think today's gamer can appreciate it on a slightly different level than we did back then. But back then, it was just like this weird half step backwards, and it didn't look or feel like what Sonic had become. Mm. And that was a problem. Um, Yeah, absolutely. So, I think it was just, a bit, it just came, it
0: was a bit late to the party. If it came before Sonic 2, people would have probably, I think,
1: appreciated it a bit more. I do agree with that, yeah, yeah. Um, real quick, though, let's get a little hint. Here is oh, yeah. here's the version that was in Japan and Europe, not the version we got, but here we go. This is from Palm Tree Panic in the present. So this is what you enter into in Palm Tree Panic. Almost feels like it could be a Donkey Kong Country level, yeah. you know. Um it's pretty cool. <laughs> trying to see if I can find a good example of how ours was was a little bit different. Here we go. Um, let's see here. Let me see if there's a Here we go. Let's see if this is any different. Yeah, see how ours I'll is try. drastically I'll changed. Try. So one sounds like a tropical paradise like a a a Hawaiian getaway like it, the first one sounds almost like Donkey Kong country this one sounds like here people rocking here people checkin' mm-hmm. feeling hot 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 you know it's just like a goofier <laughs> thinking, ver- yeah. yeah it's a goofier version of that and maybe it was even intended to be um but that's why people don't like the US soundtrack it's it's undoubtedly very different um but uh, but yeah, Sonic CD again. It's it's worth going back to, but it's 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 a little bit jarring. Um, when when we were when we were first out there. Uh, but uh, anyway, um, and we've kind of talked about Sonic and Knuckles together. Um, a couple of things, both Sonic CD and Sonic and Knuckles, uh, Sonic Three slash Sonic and Knuckles slash Sonic Three in and Sonic and Knuckles or whatever. <laughs> All those versions, they all save at the end of a level. So now you have save games. You can quit and mm. leave Mario, or Sonic, which is something that Mario, actually Mario had that in Mario World, starting in Mario World. So uh, Mario 3 was the last one you couldn't save. So that was a good step. The other thing was they used NVRAM, so uh, it doesn't need a battery backup, so it doesn't, it was expensive, but it doesn't mm. die. Mm.
0: So that's why exactly.
1: your carts always hold on to it. Um, We've kind of already talked a little bit about Sonic 3, but by the time Sonic 3 comes out, first it was late, then it was broken in half. Then once you had Knuckles, cool, but it's a $120 game. I just remember even myself being just a little, just, I don't know, discouraged by it. Um, You go back and play it now, it's actually pretty cool. I don't think it's as good as Sonic 2, but it's pretty damn cool. Um, But but I yeah, back then I just, I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, in good conscience, like keep up with it.
0: I was, I was wild by the mechanics of it. Like, I like the intru- instruction of, um, like the new shields that they put. Yeah, they have these different, like, class shields this time, like the electric shield that attracted the rings, the fire shield, which was made you immune to sort of fire enemies, which is pretty cool. Yeah. And obviously the bubble
1: shield, which finally ah, you the could bubble.
0: Breathe, un- <laughs> breathe underwater. Mm hmm.
1: Yeah. Oh, yeah. We forgot about that. Okay. So, yeah. Um, yeah this is going to become pivotal in uh in an in an up upco- in a uh later uh um in the future this is going to be tethered somewhat to uh uh to um uh, our show but for now we'll just give you a sneak peek of the drowning theme and your hedgehog is <laughs> dead. Um but uh yeah, it's pretty jarring. Uh <laughs> but uh but yeah. Uh So yeah, the bubble shield was cool. Definitely with the with the not no need to worry underwater. I remember flying through whatever that Aztec ruins stage was or whatever um because of that. Mm. But um, whoa. But uh but yeah, so um, oh, and then, of course, the special stage that everybody hated, where you were walking around the spheres and collecting the blue balls, you didn't know where they were. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I remember that, not being too popular. That,
0: but it's funny, because they obviously shifted it again, where they, they kept the um the the lamppost now had the thing but that went to a different special stage this time so yeah there's some, yeah, multiple special stages you, you had to go to the find you had to find a big ring this time to go to the special way to get the emerald yep. which is like you just described then which is yep. kind of like the sphere on the planet ew, i didn't like those <laughs>
1: they were okay but they were kind of goofy and it was hard to get the the layout and everything yeah but anyway there's a lot more to talk about Sonic, but yeah, Sonic One and Two were kind of the big pivotals, and then you know if you had a Genesis and you kept to it, you kind of dragged through Sonic and Knuckles and three, and if you did, you were probably better for it i won't lie i didn't i, I it was easy to skip Sonic and Knuckles and three because I focused on the thirty two X which was a big mistake, but I also got my hands on a Sega c d and so I was more busy trying to buy all those Sega CD games like Final Fight uh over doing mm-hmm. this stuff, so Um, but anyway, well, we've got some news and some things to announce, which I was going to cut with a little bit of music, but before we do that, Jam, is there anything else you want to say about Sonic before we move on? Um,
0: no, but, but not, not really. I think, I think we've sort of, sort of touched on, it. I was going to say, I, I've already said that if you, about the, the different compilations that are available out there. Um, is Sonic is pretty much available everywhere these days. though. He's not even just on those collections, but he's also available on like the, there's the various, steam collection,
1: um, the steam collection. Yeah, there's does steam have those,
0: collection. Yeah. There's, he's on the eShop. He's on virtual console. He's, he's on Xbox live PlayStation network. Uh, you can find him pretty much anywhere. And he's even on iOS. Oh yeah. <laughs> Although I, was,
1: hoeing it out i don't need to play those (laughs) all right well we'll wrap up with this opening theme this is the one i always remember from sonic and knuckles and then we've got some real quick news uh and we're going to end a little bit early because i got to prepare for the ball gaggies uh for Mm -hmm. the b team which is our game of the year thing coming up i apologize (laughs) if i offended you with the name of our show but here we go Knuckles is coming to save the day. <laughs> Get on Sonic. Anyway. <laughs> but so,
0: uh, Andy's in the chat as well. He says Sonic is the best. I think that's what needs to that's all needs to
1: be said. Sonic is the best. Um <laughs> But uh uh <laughs> what is it? Hold on, where is it? Yeah, here we go. <laughs> Stop it! Itself, and you you're the best. Around. I, I love that song so much. I just have to find stupid reasons to throw it into the show. Anyway, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> that was Joe <laughs> Esposito's uh, You're the Best Around from the Karate Kid soundtrack. Anyway, <laughs> uh, but yeah, so... Um, so, getting serious for a second, we've got some—I would say—very big news, um, and uh, and it's Jam's news. So, I'm just going to step aside and let him do the talking. Okay. Uh, so, yeah, it is pretty big news uh,
0: for me um, and uh, me, Tendi. Actually, is we're actually um, moving away um by like literally doing a big move soon um I, I i will sort of give details i don't want people to worry that i'm I'm not sick or anything like that it's i'm not ill um you know apart from with stress but that's different <laughs> <laughs> under the circumstances but no it's nothing it's nothing sort of serious but basically um i mean Tendi has been very fortunate to get a very good job um down in the south coast of england really and we um are kind of moving up from our area where we're living at the moment which is in cambridgeshire and we're going to be moving down that route to kind of start a new life really or at least attempt to start a new life so obviously with this sort of stuff it comes with a lot of stress we've got to move quite a lot and unfortunately we've got to move quite quickly we've only got literally now less than a month already uh to kind of get our asses down there well basically for her to start work um, as well as you know, doing all the stressful things that come with moving, all that sort of fun stuff there. So of course, what obviously what I'm leading to here is that I'm gonna be taking a bit of a break from the podcast, just for a, not probably not for too long in the grand scheme of things, but I'll probably be just gone for a few weeks, really, until sort of we get settled, until we get sort of things. Well, sorted we're gonna let him
1: out. we're gonna let him figure that out. I told him right now he's he's gonna take yeah. all the time he needs. So it might be more than a few weeks, but he's gonna take some time off. But, but
0: while but obviously while I'm gone, though, I'll still be listening to podcasts and everything absolutely because it'll be fun and fun and um, I do look forward to returning. And but but it, it's it's you know it, I'm kind of it's bit not really I'm not really great with these sort of speech things really here. But good? um but it's been great it's been absolutely great fun um sort of being on the podcast for all this of time. i did
1: not even think i would last this long to be perfectly honest i thought Fred would chuck me off ages ago but <laughs> well and you're not leaving i don't want this to sound like a goodbye speech jesus christ i need him uh so like yeah he's just oh, no, uh, I'm not leaving. No, he's not taking sure a hiatus of <laughs> a, a, a brief hiatus <laughs> This is, uh, yeah, ex- exactly, exactly yeah. he's taking, he's taking the, uh, the, the male career equivalent of, uh, maternity leave. Like, um, <laughs> it really is, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, but yes, I, first of all, congratulations to the both of you and, and I wish you the best of luck and I'm sure the listeners are right there with you. Um, it, it's great coming off the cusp of, uh, the fundraiser and all that stuff. So, uh, real quick. What does this mean to GH101? Well, not too much, although we are gonna be sans Jam. So what this means is we are back to Gorilla GH101, which is a time (laughs) that Fred has done many before. There were 80 episodes before I brought Jam on full time and we are back to it. So a couple of changes some of you may or may not like until Jam returns. The first one is the game clubs are on hold. Sorry. Uh, for those of you playing PN03, fear not. We will do it next week. We will definitely do it. And I believe I've got a guest. Uh, he or she seems uh, hesitant right now, but I think they will be an ideal guest. So uh, you'll find out. A sabbatical, yes. Andy put it the best. Um mm-hmm. Clujo says don't use the word hiatus. And paternity <laughs> leave is a thing, but Jam's not having a baby and neither is Mitendi, uh to my knowledge. Well, well, so, <laughs> <I'm> already, <yeah. laughs> so um but uh but yeah, so um so yeah, so uh so the game club, we will do PN03, and then it will be on hold, and actually Jam's return, which he promises to tell me in advance, hopefully a couple weeks in advance, uh, we will do Crusader of Senti, Story of Thor, whatnot, and then we'll we'll kick that right off with that big JRPG uh, one, you know, just so when Jam comes back, we can hit the ground running with, like, a huge homework assignment for him. Um it also means Horror 101, right after we got it up on Stitcher and iTunes with a great working <laughs> feed, uh, is on hiatus. That is a house Jam and I built together. I can't do it alone without him. It would be boring without him. I need him. Uh, we need to put that on hiatus. So that is also on hiatus till Jam comes back. Um, uh, so just stay tuned for that. We'll we'll give the news in that feed separately if you have that feed or follow it separately. Um, but yeah, yeah. Uh, Next up, in its place, Game Tech 101. I was going to bring it out this weekend, but I was like, with all the live stream stuff and everything, that's probably not smart. So, Gaming Tech 101 will come out this coming up Monday and be bi-weekly after that. Uh, And then we'll just weave Horror 101 back in and and find a place. But basically, there's going to be a point where Gaming Tech 101 will be one week and Horror 101 will be the other week. Everything's going to feed into the main feed now, I've decided. Now, I will create separate feeds. I will create a Horror 101 feed, Gaming Tech 101 feed, Gaming History 101 feed, and even a uh, Gaming History X, which is the final news I'll bring up in a sec, feed. Um, those will all be together. In one central, every episode of anything will go live in the main feed that exists now. And then we'll have separate feeds for people who just want one thing. In my opinion, if you've got the main feed on your phone, what's the harm in just seeing it? And if you see an episode pop up and you go, oh, Game Tech 101, the Sega Genesis. I've always wondered how one builds a Sega Genesis. Let me listen to that. Or you go, uh, eh, I don't really care about the Atari Jaguar. So you just skip it. But then you can just skip it, you know? Um, mm-hmm. So that's kind of how that's going to work. Gaming History X, on the other hand, is kicking off. And we announced on the video, but for those of you who just listened to the podcast, you probably haven't heard yet, uh, on Friday, that Trees is joining. It's going to be me, Jam, and Trees, plus ideally a guest, yes, for, um, for some uh, modern-day podcast talk. It's every other week. Um, it will come out... Uh, When were we going to release that? I think we're going to release that on the weekends. It's going to be every other week on a Saturday or Sunday. I forget which one, but it'll be one of those days. Probably a Sunday night. Um, But uh, so that's going to piggyback with... uh, You know what? I take this back. Horror 101 and Gaming History X will be Mondays. Gaming Tech 101 will be Wednesdays, and it'll premiere this Wednesday. There we go. And it can be completely independent from the other two. Anyway, it's going to be one hour... Modern day podcast. We're going to talk about news and current events, but we're not going to stick to anything too long. Stay tuned for an episode zero of that and more information on that show coming up. But we're going to start that without jam. So it's going to be me, Trees, plus guests. And then we'll just weave him in when he returns. And then the last part is starting... I have actually at the same time left the B team on my more permanent hiatus. Uh, but I do have... They are my brothers, and they have offered to let me come back anytime I want. Uh, so starting... Tuesday, January 31st, I'm going to be live streaming on the GH101 channel uh, immediately following the show. So immediately following the show, which usually ends at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, um, take probably about a 10-15 minute break and then leap right back on and be streaming till probably about, I don't know, probably an hour, maybe two, maybe three, depends on the night. And it'll just be an open area to do all kinds of stuff. Maybe we'll even do game club stuff. I don't know. People have still wondered why I haven't started Shenmue 2 yet. So maybe maybe that'll be a great opportunity. But uh, either way, getting back into the streaming stuff with the fundraiser uh, made me eager about that. But. So that's plans moving forward. Uh, the last part is um, <clears throat> fundraiser was this weekend. Jam and I did 24 hours and we had a lot of fun oh, yeah. doing it.
0: <laughs> that's fun.
1: So that was at twitch.tv forward slash gh101. We did raise the money we needed. So thank you very much. But the work is not over. If you wanted to donate, but either the money wasn't there, or you didn't have the time. If you want to do a one-time donation, it's bit.ly forward slash gh 101 donate. It's bit.ly forward slash gh101donate. Or we have a Patreon going. And right now we're at about 45 a month. I'd like to get about 60 a month. And I said once we hit that milestone... Um I think I'm going to do a Raspberry Pi. I'm going to do a tutorial on how to build a Raspberry Pi piece by piece and then raffle off the one I make. It'll come complete with HDMI, power cords, uh, two SNES USB yeah. controllers. It'll be a fully stocked Pi. It just won't have any games because that's illegal. I'll leave that to you to, to fill up. <laughs> um, but keep that going. That's patreon.com forward slash gaminghistory101. And thank you to all of the patrons that have started. But we've got it. We've got the money. We've got everything in place. We're rocking like docking we are going to make for a great 2017 um but the reason i say keep donating and stuff is because it that allows us to do other things like maybe go to conventions remember the uh the midwest gaming classics coming up in march uh and uh maybe we could get jam out to portland retro gaming expo this year or something Uh, although maybe not given this year but soon so uh anyway (laughs) we'll figure stuff out but anyway so thank you everybody um, and uh, this will be Jam's last show for a while, I think. So, um, emotional. Yep. So everybody, wish him luck. If you want to send uh, email in, contact gaminghistory101 dot Make sure he gets it, uh, and uh, just post some stuff. So, <clears throat>
0: I'll still be listening to the show anyway. So I'll be there in the background. I'll be there in spirit. <laughs> there you
1: go. And Cosmo says, "I've always wondered how easy it is to get power supplies and various parts." That is part of the tutorial: is acquiring the parts, where, when, how mm-hmm. much? Because I can build a Raspberry Pi, I believe, for sixty dollars complete but it's very circumstantial and that is really only america prices uh but anyway um doom plague if you buy it all on amazon you get mixed uh, mixed prices and mixed quality i don't know but yeah i mean you're gonna have to do it that way if you do everything through amazon you'll be okay but i'm I'm going for other stuff anyway all right we got to get off for the ball gaggies but jam anything you want to say before we split out
0: uh no um peace out and uh look forward to my return very soon might be sooner than you think in the grand scheme of things